Welcome to episode 10P, I Hope You All Like Lamb, the podcast. Guess what? We have a podcast. Well, we, I, this, adding value is now a podcast. It's not really a podcast though. Uh, basically, it's just going to be me reading the uh, reading the post for the day, uh, for the week, so that for people who don't want to read, I know my post can be a little long-winded. Um, sorry for that. Sorry, not sorry, I guess. Um, they can be a little long-winded. Maybe people want to uh, consume their media in audio form. So if that's you, uh, and I'm assuming it is because you're listening to this, so that means you like listening to audio things. So yeah, uh, basically it's just going to be me reading the post. So it's going to be the exact same content. Uh, most of these, I think when I timed uh reading the last one, it was somewhere in the 10 minute range. So I'm going to expect that lengthier posts are going to be in the 10 minute range. Uh, shorter posts will probably be in the five minute range. So this won't be a 30 minute podcast by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's the intro. Here we go. Issue number 10. I hope you all like lamb direct to consumer. Part three. Okay, let's take a breath. Issues number eight and nine both looked at the direct to consumer business model. We looked at the pros, way better gross profits, and the cons, managing the supply chain yourself. So, what does this mean for us, Aaron and Jeff, trying to start an Icelandic sheep farm? Before we start, we're going to make one really big assumption that we can get all of the meat processed we need processed when we need it. As you will see in future issues, this is not an easy assumption to make, but we'll go with it. For all the glory Icelandic sheep get for their wool, the vast majority of them are raised for meat. Even in Iceland, the vast majority of the sheep are raised for meat. There are two interesting pieces of information about Icelandics that are directly relevant to meat production. First, they lamb seasonally. They do not, generally, lamb year-round. They give birth in May-ish and are ready for market in September-ish. Thus, lamb meat from Icelandics is seasonal. Basically, the farm work is lambing in the spring, get them as fat as possible in the summer, then process in the fall. Lambs will get to 70 to 90-ish pounds of live weight. Second, they are very efficient breeders. Their lambing rate is something like 170 to 180%, which means almost every ewe births twins or even triplets. This is great for meat production because it means with smart breeding practices, you can sell a lot more lambs and not have to keep as many for breeding stock. This is great, but it does mean that every September is when we're going to have to figure out how to sell however much lamb we have. At max capacity, we're imagining something like 250-ish sheep. So let's just assume something like 100 lambs for processing every September. 100 lambs at 85 pounds average means 8,500 pounds of live weight lamb. Average processing lo loss for lamb is pretty high, and hanging weight tip is typically right around 50%. So 8,500 pounds live weight equates to about 4,300-ish pounds of hanging weight. 
the consequences here can get expensive. There are two huge drivers of problems. One big problem is if there isn't enough processing capacity for all of the lambs that I will have. Yes, I know we started with the assumption that I could process all of the lamb, but let's be real and recognize for a moment the limits of this assumption. Given current processing schedules, I may need to know over 12 months before I have lambs to schedule the processing. Obviously, this is well before any of the lambs are even born, and if scheduling gets to 18 or 24 months, it could even be before the lamb's mother is born. How confident are you in things that you have to predict will happen 12 to 24 months from now? Demand forecasting and production scheduling are going to be very important skills. A nuance on this problem, call it problem 1.5, is if there isn't enough processing capacity for the number of lambs that I have, then I have lambs that become sheep. Not the end of the world, given that Icelandics are good at wool too. Failure in the meat stock means I get more wool. But that's its own problem. If people in the US would eat mutton like they do in the rest of the world, this would be less of a problem. The second big problem is if I can't sell all of the inventory prior to sending the lambs to processing. Because Icelandics are seasonal and all of them come at once and get processed at once, if I can't sell them all at once, then I have to store them somewhere, which means I need freezer space. Remember how I told you that wool production for lamb was a hard problem? I've also hinted that meat processing capacity is a hard problem. Yeah. Well, cold storage is a hard problem too. At the very least, I will need on-farm cold storage, which is expensive. There is not currently a walk-in freezer on the farm, let alone a walk-in freezer that can hold multiple hundreds of pounds of lamb meat. Someday I'll tell you about the regulations around meat processing and storage of meat. It will make you not want to put a walk-in freezer on your farm. Still, I have time. As of today in Wisconsin, choice lambs are $220 per hundred weight or $2.20 per pound. Nationally, the number is a little higher, $250 per hundred weight or $2.50 per pound. If I have 100 lambs at 80 pounds each, I will gross about $8,800 or $9,500 to $9,500 or about $88 per to $95 gross revenue per lamb. This means that it needs to cost me less than $88 per lamb to birth and raise a lamb for five months. Some general research makes it hard to nail down what the cost to raise a lamb is, but let's say labor time to deliver a lamb is about 45 to 90 minutes at 20 bucks an hour, and then some minimal feed supplements because we'll have the lambs on pasture, and we're probably in the $50-ish per lamb range. If we weren't pasturing and had to feed from a barn, this number would be somewhat higher. The numbers I was seeing are all in this general vicinity. If I lower the wage expectations and rely on pasture, I might be able to get this number down to $30-ish per lamb. So net profit per lamb is what, 30 to 50 bucks? For 100 lambs, that's $3,000 to $5,000 in profit for a spring, summer, and early fall of work. Sign me up. That was sarcasm, by the way. A farm up near Manitowoc is selling lambs direct to consumer for $10 to $16 per pound. 
let's just round off to $11 per pound average uh, for all of the cuts. If I sold all of my 100 lambs direct to consumer at this price, I'd be looking at $47,300-ish gross revenue or $473 gross revenue per lamb. As an apples to apples comparison, we're talking $95 per lamb to sell through commodity markets versus $473 per lamb if I can sell at max price through direct to consumer. Obviously, I'd much rather make $45,000 than $5,000 for a summer's worth of work. But the real number is probably somewhere in between. Some lambs will be sold commodity, some will be sold direct to consumer, some will be sold as a whole or half at, some, at something higher than commodity, but much lower than direct to consumer. Getting this product mix will require some fine tuning. I still have some, pre, some very big gaps in my knowledge. I have some access to people that can help me answer these questions. But if you, oh dear reader slash listener, know anyone that might lend some insight into these questions, please let me know. Or better yet, throw them in the comments for future readers. I'd love to talk to chefs, institutional kitchen buyers, people in wholesale meat, grocery meat departments, meat markets, butcher shops, ethnic specialty markets, or producers with more than 150 sheep. Question one. Where and how do quality-focused groceries or restaurants in the upper Midwest source their lamb? Do they have direct farm connections, or do they purchase from wholesalers? If they purchase from wholesalers, which wholesalers? Where do the wholesalers source their lamb? From processors or directly from farms? How much does a restaurant or grocery go through in a week? Do they view lamb as a regularly needed product or seasonal? Where bought by cut, which cuts are most popular? Do they buy other cuts or only the cuts that are needed? And I have similar questions for specifically Middle Eastern markets and restaurants. Question four, does anyone buy mutton? If so, who? If not, why? Question five, I know hogget is a thing, but do consumers? That's it. That's our uh, first episode, uh, first episode of issue number 10. I don't know. I'm going to have to get all the language sorted out. I think we're going to call episode, I think we're going to call podcast episodes and the written stuff issues. So if I screw that up, just insert it in your own head of what I said it was going to be. That's it. Thanks for listening. Uh, we'll be back next week.